0: The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals, and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts, and much more. So. Welcome to the RSVP in Conversation With podcast. My guest today would like to be introduced to his own memoir when he walked and cycled the Camino Pilgrim Trail in Spain. There is a saying on the Camino, the Camino will provide. This saying is proven to be true, and I realize that I have to believe this to be true back in my real life. I've run eight marathons, biked across Alaska, and twice from San Francisco to L.A., and this was harder. I walked one of the longest days of my trip and realized that the Camino is just like life. There are times that you are alone, and life can be lonely or reflective, and other times when life is a party and you have to go non-stop. I learned that life has no shortcuts, and whatever path you take, you still get to the same place you need to go, maybe just a little faster. I've also transferred every blister from my feet to my butt, and the term saddle sores is real. It is bittersweet that this adventure should come to an end, but I can promise that my life is forever changed and will continue to evolve as I head back to the States. Welcome, Brian Worley.
1: Having you read that kind of like brings a tear to my eye because that was such a like emotional journey.
0: It's certainly the most unique one I've ever done of anyone. And yes, you are crying.
1: I no, I don't know why, but it's like it was six years ago that I did it and it still is one of those mm-hmm. things like. You read those things and you just think, oh my God, like having you read it just brings back the flood of emotions that take place during, you know, such a poignant point in my life.
0: For those people that don't know what the Camino is, can you just give a brief synopsis?
1: Yeah. So the Camino de Santiago is a 500 mile, essentially religious pilgrimage backpack trip across Spain. And you start in the south of France, you backpack over the Grand Pyrenees, and then you make your way through Northern Spain. And then you end up in Santiago, which thousands of years ago and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have taken this pilgrimage. It was like Santiago was considered the end of the, the world, I guess, or the earth. And so they would make this pilgrimage. And the joke was there's always a church on the Camino because they would essentially stay at churches on this pilgrimage across Spain. And uh, six years ago, before I moved to Atlanta, I decided to do Backpack the Camino. It was kind of like a transition in my life where I was trying to figure out what's next. And I had always wanted to do it. I saw a movie 10 years before my mom and I played movie roulette when I was home for Christmas and a movie called The Way with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez was playing. And we just went and saw it. And I thought, wow, this is something that I want to do. And it just happened that I was kind of like this transition point in my life and I was going to be in Europe. So I decided to do it. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was every day on the Camino, rather than like journaling, I um, would kind of come up with someone that was poignant in my life, important in my life. And I would write them an email kind of as my journal of the day and send it out. And then what you wrote was a small fragment of day 24 Or night 24, I guess, the day before I finished the Camino, I ended up writing everyone that I had written along the way one last final email, kind of summing up my entire Camino experience. And what you just read was a a small portion of that email that I sent out to everyone. And so I kind of have a complete book or um, experience of my Camino written through different people that were pointing it to me and through my interview every day
0: and how's your blisters cleared up my blisters
1: have cleared up but i actually (laughs) still have like i i got blisters on the balls of my feet that were like on top of blisters and i still have some residual like nerve feelings oh god so yeah like i have a permanent pain there and then i did lose three toenails but they've
0: grown back you suffered for your art didn't you you really did well, it obviously had a profound effect on you anyway. And I mean, I didn't really know you before you did it, but you seemed a very calm, chilled out individual. So I imagine you, you are in a better place now having done it. And, and obviously the account is, is phenomenal in terms of what you did and that kind of feedback. But so let's talk about your upbringing, family, your education, where you're born, etc. Tell us, where did Brian start out in life?
1: I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My dad was in law school at LSU, and then he was also in the military, in the Air Force. So then we moved to Colorado, and then I lived in Denver from 2 to 10, no, 2 to 12. And then we moved to Austin, Texas, which I consider myself to be a Texan. I think that's Mm -hmm. where I did most of my growing up, so I consider that to be my formidable years, I guess. Went to school at North Texas, which is outside of Dallas, and then I moved to Los Angeles for 22 years, and then... Atlanta, now six.
0: Wow. Okay. And uh, what was your first memory? Can you think that that far back? I remember,
1: well, I remember when my sister was born because we're only 16 months apart. So,
0: wow, that's good.
1: I don't necessarily remember her being born, but I remember my sister and always getting really excited when people would come over to the house and I would run up to the door and I'd be, and I would grab them and I would take them in. I'd go to baby, to baby. I wanted everyone to see <laughs> the new baby. And then we also had, I guess in our backyard or the house behind us, they had horses, pigs, and cows for some reason. So, I mean, (laughs) real (laughs) Southern, you know. And so, I remember I always wanted to go see the Hotees, the Oink Oinks, and the Moo (laughs) Moo.
0: And you maybe still are, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Wonderful. It's wonderful. We obviously work in the creative industry here. We're not going to go into detail what you do. You are an amazing planner. We all know that. But what kind of art form or what's your favorite art form and do you think it influences your your professional life as well
1: i mean i always say that like just anything creative kind of inspires me so i always say that even driving down the street or passing by something creative like i take i'm constantly taking like visual mental pictures of everything that i see and somehow that will I'll kind of store it in my mental Rolodex. And then, you know, it'll pop back up where I'm, you know, in the process of designing a wedding or an event or whatever it is. And I always am bringing back those mental images that are like mental billboards that I've shot throughout my life and throughout the day. And, you know, just drawing upon the creativity of others and things that they've done. I'll see it in a magazine or, on a commercial, whatever it is, I mean, it could be a store window, who knows what it is, but like I'm constantly scanning the room and scanning the environment and scanning the, the environment around me for mental images that are interesting to me and visually stimulating to me and then I just store them for you know a later date.
0: Is it more, I mean, it isn't like visual art, it's more of a concept or, or, or an idea that can manifest itself in many different ways you can carry that on to an event.
1: Well, I think that it's it's a it's a visual art in that anything visual I'm stimulated by. So I think that visually I scan everything. I, I'm very perceptive of like everything that's happening in a room. I always wish that like I was Sydney Bristow and Alias or some kind of CIA agent where, because I, I literally can tell you usually when I, everyone that's in the room, I know something mm-hmm. about all the people. Like I'm very like much scanning and taking in, everything that's happening around me and and putting that into my mental Rolodex.
0: What about music? Are you into music, like bands, gigs? I'm much more mm-hmm. visual.
1: So like, I, you know, there's those people that come home and they turn on the radio, I turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. So I, I even like horrible movies or horrible TV shows. If they're visually stimulating to me, I'll be intrigued by them because I just want to be like the visual mm-hmm. of it is so impressive to me. And I literally will watch a TV show or a movie and, doing what we do and knowing production, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm scanning like the whole set and I'm thinking like I was watching one this morning when I was on the treadmill and I'm thinking, okay, that house is a billion dollars to rent. Like the budget on this TV show to make has to be like, I'm counting up all the dollars of like what she's wearing and this house that they're using for their house in the movie and the cars they're driving. And then they have a private jet. And so it's just one of those things where as being in production and knowing that we're always, you know, creating, an environment and knowing that it costs money. Like when I watch TV in a movie, I'm thinking, okay, that costs that much money. That costs that much money. That costs that much money. How much is that going to take in order to execute?
0: And do you binge watch television? Do you do the whole box sets?
1: I do. I I do binge watch television. I, I, I think that I'm, I'm hooked. And then I do not want to stop. And then I just want to find out what happens next. I don't want to have to wait a week. And I'm, I just started a new (laughs) TV show where, on apple tv called hijacked and they put it out me
0: too there's another one coming out today isn't there i
1: already watched it i watched it this morning uh, oh, oh don't so, tell me don't tell me Don't it tell it's so good the show is so good <laughs> and i'm like i cannot i hate this that i have to wait a whole another week to watch the next episode
0: obviously i'm just i'm i'm three into it but i just can't work out because i haven't told anyone what they want yet No. Yeah, it's just, bizarre, you know, it it breaks all the rules of hijackers. Yeah. Anyway, we are digressing. Do you binge watch Selling Sunset or The Property Porn or Below Deck or any of that that kind of semi-reality rubbish or or not?
1: You know, having hosted some reality TV shows in the past, Uh I really don't find myself that attracted to reality TV shows. Um, There are a few that I have watched and during COVID I definitely watched them just because... We had lots of free time, but I feel like scripted TV, smart TV, things that are more espionage, uh, adventure are way mm-hmm. more in my wheelhouse than watching the reality stuff.
0: So, if there was one TV show, one box set that you would never ever want to leave your system because you keep on returning to it or you think it's just the masterpiece? What would it be?
1: I would have to say Friends. Friends would be my okay. You know, that uh-huh. it's uh-huh. so smart, it's so hilarious, uh-huh. it's kind of timeless. No matter how far, and, and then my second would be Shits Creek.
0: And well, the amazing thing is, Friends is twenty, thirty years old, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of. It was before in theory of the golden age of television that. With have in the past decade, I suppose, but yeah, I mean, that's amazing.
1: Still, the show is, I mean, it is that old, but it's still pretty much relevant except for, you know, cell phones and pop culture and things have changed, but still like the relationship of people remains the same and, you know, hilarity ensues and things happen in our lives and we need people around us to kind of, you know, make us who we are.
0: So Brian, do you have a special talent?
1: Oh, my special talent. I would say, I, I don't know that it's a talent, but I think that I have a talent for bringing people together and kind of connecting people. I find that people tend to think that when I put together a group of people, that it tends to be a very good group and everyone gets along. I think that having enough experience and working with people and being around people, I know that one bad apple can ruin the bunch and so i think that when i'm asked to put together say a fam trip or a group of people for whatever reason i kind of know these people well enough because i spend enough time getting to know people and i really value the friendships and the relationships that i have with people that i know who would be good within a group and who may not be the right fit so i would kind of say that's i mean i guess that's kind of a talent right
0: it is yeah that's good and and I can pay testament to that in terms of the people that you've referred to us to come to get involved with RSVP. And thank you very much for that. You are a a very good judge of character anyway. In 10 years time, where's Brian Worley going to be? On a beach somewhere? Retired? Sipping a pina colada or still working? Where, Where do you think you'll be in 10 years time, both professionally and personally? In
1: 10 years, well, I say every year that I'm going to retire, but I know that that will never happen because I thrive on being busy. So I say that in 10 years, definitely, hopefully we'll be living in Europe. I feel like Europe calls me and that there's, I just need to live in Europe for Mm -hmm. a while. Still somehow related to the wedding and events industry doing something over there. But um, I don't think retired fully but definitely pivoting to something that's less stressful it'll probably still be stressful but there's so many things in places that i want to see and do and um if i could have my way i would just travel the world and be like a travel correspondent or something (laughs) like that just so that i could see everything i just like i'm fascinated by architecture and history and just how things were made and if if i had a superpower it would be to go back in time and live for a day you know two thousand years ago 1500 years ago 300 years ago and just get to experience life for a day in different cultures different times different places so that i can see how that place became that place
0: that's a really good question to ask everybody going forward if you're a time traveler which era would you go to, and why? Actually, that's that's a really good question to ask. So, thank you for that. So, Brian, where do you go to relax? You have a holiday. We all work very hard in this industry, but we all need our downtime. So, what do you do to chill out and just forget about life and clear the decks?
1: I would say, for me, to clear the decks or to just go relax, for me, that is the mountains. I thoroughly enjoy that aspect of the beach is great, but the mountains just like the weight of the world is lifted off your shoulders and you just, it's so relaxing and just such a great place to me to Just unwind.
0: Any particular mountain or mountain range is 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 your favorite?
1: I have a cabin up in the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Georgia, so it's definitely relaxing up there. But places like the ranch at Rock Creek, Amagiri, which is also Mm -hmm. not really in the mountains, but kind of in the desert away from I don't know. It's just like places like that are just like, oh
0: wonderful. Wonderful. So we're gonna get down to some um edible things now. So if you could eat any meal in the world or serve it at a dinner party you either bring in the chef or you cook it yourself or have it delivered don't care what would you serve
1: (laughs) like the perfect meal for me would be a really delicious hamburger um burrata and tomato as a a starter and then cookie dough ice cream would be the dessert
0: (laughs) not a cinnamon roll
1: It would have to have a lot of (laughs) icing on it well i mean i love anything really sweet but cookie dough ice cream or the tonight dough ice cream by Ben and Jerry's is my mm-hmm. favorite. But, um, I did have a birthday party one year and we actually had the wait staff tray passing cookie dough balls as dessert.
0: And you would serve that in your own home at, a, at the dinner party, that menu you just described. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Like that would be the dinner part. That would, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that fancy is one thing, but I, you know, I, I don't think you have to be fancy to enjoy
0: it. No, well, I would love to eat it. I I really would. And tell you what you described. That's absolutely gorgeousness. Absolutely. So you have a bar in your home, and there's a barman behind the bar, and he will serve you any drink you want. He's got a fully stocked bar, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. What do you order for yourself?
1: So my drink of choice would be a, we call it a ranch water. It's very Texan. It is tequila, Topo Chico, and lots of lime. And mm-hmm. so that's pretty much my standard drink is a uh, is ranch water.
0: Well, is it a, a little bit like a margarita or, or not? So
1: it would be essentially like a margarita. I mean, Topo Chico is kind of like soda water, but it's okay. Mexican. It's from Mexico. And so there's just something about Topo Chico tequila and lots of lime um so it doesn't have all the sugar it's it's like a skinny margarita okay okay The so a lot of lime is also
0: key mm-hmm. okay right so you have your dinner party you're serving that phenomenal food there's topo chico everywhere uh, and all kinds of other drinks for all your guests so who will be around the table anybody you want alive or dead this is your fantasy dinner party who would you want there?
1: Who would I want at my dinner party? I would want. How many people can I have?
0: You can have as many as you, you can have as many people as you want.
1: First, have my grandmother there. She's she passed away at ninety nine, but lived a phenomenal life and is very interesting. I would have. I would say Cleopatra. I think she would be mm-hmm. interesting to have. I think any like past king or somebody from a royal family. It really wouldn't matter, but. It could be British or just, you know, any of these royal families from some lineage that just would be back like, you know, hundreds of years, just because mm-hmm. I think that would be fascinating.
0: Henry VIII or something like that, you mean?
1: Yeah. Someone like Henry VIII or, you know, that had, you know, and so he could talk about his six wives and <laughs> how he killed some of them. I definitely, I think it changes all the time because it sounds like, you know, most people would say, oh, I would like to have God there. And I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. God would be interesting. But you know, I don't know, Marilyn Monroe, but I think people would say that, uh, you know, she's kind of cool, I guess. But I don't know, I think more historian people, I think would be fascinating. Maybe Napoleon, just to find mm-hmm. out, like, is he really that short? And was he really the way he was? You know, I, I would like to just interview so many people. And I think that, that takes me back to like my superpower of being able to go back in time, mm-hmm. and, like spending, you know, a day with different people. And I think that that would be you know kind of fascinating i think
0: that's a good list that's a good list Na- napoleon God, and, and marilyn monroe
1: and my grandmother
0: and, and and most importantly your grandmother obviously yes and
1: cleopatra
0: and cleopatra that's that, that's a good list uh, no one will be will be short of um, conversation anyway there so <laughs> um <laughs> okay wonderful so now this is where we go a bit naughty now. so have you heard of room 101 the george orwell idea that where you put all the things into room 101 you don't like could be people items countries anything you want but if you could rid the world of of something or somebody uh what would it be to throw into room 101
1: if i was gonna throw anything into room 101 it would be like all bad architecture
0: do you want to name any buildings that you consider to be it's not really
1: (laughs) it's not that it's just that so i have if I, if I had two superpowers, one of them would be to go back in time. My second one would be that when I'm driving down the street, I can kind of like almost do like a Spider-Man like web thing where I can refurbish ugly buildings and bad architecture and like decrepit buildings and stuff like that. I just feel like the world would be such a more beautiful place if we could just rehab all of these streets and areas of town and uh bad architecture and bad things that are so visual to us that we drive by every day that are falling apart and so it would be kind of like putting this uh like a glossy rainbow of of refurbishment on the world
0: obviously you've probably been to london quite a few times so you know that post-war the 1960s and 70s it's called brutalist architecture it's concrete and with lots of high-rises and and they're bloody ugly so i know precisely how you mean Uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: like when i was in uh kiev and there was all the like stalin you know there's just Mm -hmm. like cement buildings that have no personality so all that stuff should go away
0: anything else room 101 bad drivers yes Mm -hmm.
1: that would be my third superpower is that i can swipe people off the road if they're a bad driver and they get in an accident but they don't get hurt
0: Mm -hmm.
1: bad drivers
0: donald trump is very popular by the way
1: i know but like you
0: know, he is the obvious villain, though, isn't he? I suppose. Well, I mean, for some people. I mean, like, yeah.
1: He, yeah, he's 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 a villain, I guess, but like, I don't feel like locking him away, you know, he'll still find his way out. He always, he always does.
0: <laughs> he does. He, he does bull- indeed. He,
1: he'll find a loophole. So I think that, <laughs> yeah, definitely bad architecture, bad drivers, just like bullies, bad people, people that mm-hmm. anyone, I guess that, you know, it's, it's a people that just. Are not nice to other people
0: okay and what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done this is your confession now you can you can get something off your chest you can tell when well no one's listening so it's just between the two of us obviously you can what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done
1: until you put it out there (laughs) i don't know the naughtiest thing i mean like do people really, I mean, like, no one is going to tell you the naughtiest thing they've probably ever done.
0: They are, they are a bit reticent, I must admit. But uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think that, you know, I mean, like the naughtiest thing I've ever done, I don't know.
0: I mean, I,
1: I, I have done some things, but I mean, they're not things that I'm <laughs> going to share. <laughs> yeah,
0: <You're>, you wimp. <laughs> I
1: know. Well, I, I plead the fifth on that.
0: Okay, okay. And in terms of a confessional, Uh, Is there something that you want to confess to? Um, You, you, um, uh, somebody else took the punishment for you when you were little. You broke a window or something, and somebody else got the blame, or something more, something bigger than that. But uh, um, here's your chance to go into the Catholic confessional box and 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 spill your sins.
1: I grew up Catholic, so uh, you know, I I I feel like everything that I've ever done has been. Like I remember one time I was teaching all the kids in the neighborhood how to light matches. And then one of the moms called my mom and then I got in trouble for it. I did have, uh, this was kind of when I was 15, I took my mom's car. I took it one time without um, asking. And I I went to go pick up my sister's friend. And when I was backing out of her friend's driveway, I ran the car into a rock. (laughs) And so we brought the car back home. And we were literally trying to figure out how we could say, I mean, we came up with every way that we were going to, and ultimately we ended up just telling the truth because we were going to say that we pulled the car out of the garage and we were going to wash it for my mom. And then how we hit it on something. And then there was nothing at the same height. That was where the rock hit the car. Um, and all that stuff like that. So we literally came up with, and then I ended up being grounded. Um, and and lost my car privileges for a while. But I think that, you know, I got caught on that because I, well, I told the truth, but I think that everything I've either been caught on or, you know, ended up, I'm not a very good liar and I have a very guilty conscience. So (laughs) I, and honestly, to, this is something that from a kid and like growing up, I always said, is it something that I would because I have a lot of respect for my mom and a lot of respect for my grandmother, that I always said, is this something that I would be ashamed to tell my mom or my grandmother? And if it was, then it would I wouldn't do it. And so I kind of have lived by that most pretty much all my life where it was it was very much where I had this innate thing where it was like if i was ashamed to tell them then obviously it was something that was probably not in my best interest to do
0: Mm -hmm. okay you're just a real goody two-shoes aren't you (laughs) end of the day (laughs) i'm not a real goody two-shoes
1: but i definitely i mean trust me i didn't drink till i was 21 i've never smoked a cigarette i've never done a drug in my Uh life except for like one pot gummy Uh, i've Uh never had a cup of coffee but put a cake in front of me or cookies or a cinnamon roll and i'm going to town
0: well, um, and you do look amazing for it, I must admit. You are a, um, a bastion of clean living, I must admit. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we are now nearly at the end of our session today. Um, so Brian Worley, perpetual retiree, europhile, unofficial travel correspondent, frustrated time traveler, mountain person, loather of bad architecture and loser of car privileges. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.